This is the Locked On Aggies podcast, the Locked On Aggies podcast, your daily source for everything Texas A&M athletics, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Taylor Travis. You can follow me on Twitter at TaylorTravis15. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Aggies. You can like Locked On Aggies on Facebook. Just search Locked On Aggies in the search tab. Click on it. Click like. You'll be plugged in. All the episodes are posted there, as well as all the news and notes around the Texas A&M athletic programs. Today, I have a special guest, my good friend Andre Perard, who's been a uh, Texas A&M fan for a really long time. He wrote for the Battalion. He covered Texas A&M for the uh, the Battalion, which is the student newspaper. Mm-hmm. In case you're not familiar with it, so you know Texas A&M football about as well as just about anybody. Yeah, yeah. No, I've been been around it for a long time. So uh, I thought it was appropriate since it's the bye week that we give out some midseason awards, the first annual Locked On Aggies Awards, if you will. Oh yeah. Uh, it's not technically midseason. Midseason was last week. The Aggies are five and two. They're seven games in. But since it's a bye week and it's just about halfway, I figured why not? Let's do it. There's nothing else to talk about right now. No bye week. It's bye week lull. Nothing to talk about. Let's do it. So we're going to give away three awards. We're going to give away the most improved player overall. We're going to give away our offensive MVP and our defensive MVP. And what I did is I went to Twitter earlier today. And I uh, did a poll. You know, who's your offensive MVP? Who's your defensive MVP? Got a, real, a lot of really good feedback. Uh, I know who mine are, but I wanted to know what you thought as well, our listeners. And we got a lot of really good feedback. I appreciate that. I always appreciate the interaction with the listeners. By the way, if you ever have a question for the show, if you have a question for me, you can email the show, LockedOnAggies at gmail.com. You can send your question that way. If that's not convenient for you, you can also go to Twitter. You can tweet at me or tweet at the show at TaylorTravis15 or at locked on Aggies but let's go ahead and get right to it most improved player we had this conversation before the show it really came down to two players for us you were sold on one guy you weren't sold on the other I was sold on both it kind of took me a while to decide I think eventually we both agreed on Kellen Mond yeah Kellen Mond to me is the most improved because we were talking about Kellen Mond and Dalen Mack and to me the reason I'm not sold is Dalen Mack is the most improved is just because I think I expected him to do this kind of thing since he was a freshman and he never really I don't want to say he didn't live up to the hype but he really he hasn't done what I expected him to do for the last four years he's starting to really kind of come into his own he's he's played great and he's improved a lot but Kellen Mond last year looked so bad at some points and this year he's really settled in I feel like he's a little bit more comfortable in the pocket last year he was just he was really erratic wouldn't get his feet set he'd make some just bad decisions he looks looks a lot more comfortable in the pocket now you're right Kellamon didn't look great at all last year really except for a couple of moments he had some big moments against Arkansas he had some big moments against Alabama last year if you remember mm-hmm. but that being said I think Texas A&M fans kind of suffer from post Johnny Manziel syndrome what I mean by that is when they hear freshman quarterback they kind of forget that he's a freshman now even right. though Johnny Manziel was a redshirt freshman it's a little bit different he had a little bit more experience under his belt but a lot of times Texas A&M fans hear freshman or redshirt freshman and they forget this kid's 18 19 years old he was playing high school football Mm -hmm. last year now he's playing in the biggest stage in the country in the sec i think a lot of times texas a&m fans have too high of expectations for their quarterbacks now kellamon was a highly regarded prospect i think at times he definitely could have played a lot better but at the same time i think a lot of fans kind of expected him to light the world on fire when I don't think anybody should have expected that. Yeah, and it, it, it leads back to a little bit. Too. Aggie fans were kind of spoiled by Johnny to an extent. I mean, you, yeah, you, I like agree. you said, you have to remember 
when a kid's so young like that, it, college ball is a lot different than high school, obviously. The, I mean, you have to read coverages quicker. You have to read pre-snap a lot quicker. I mean, at 18 years old, that's a lot. And especially switching schemes, too. That's why I give him most improved as well. Switching from a someone-style offense going to a Jimbo Fisher offense, it's a completely different ball game. And to learn that new playbook and play as well as he's played so far has been been phenomenal. Especially for a freshman to step into the SEC the speed of the game is just so much different than it was mm-hmm. in high school. In high school ball, most likely, Kellamon every game was the best player on the field. You step into the SEC, and all of a sudden, you're not the most athletic, you're not the fastest, you're not the yeah. most gifted. You've it's got a, linebackers who are just as quick as you. Exactly. It's a completely <laughs> different world. So it takes those quarterbacks time. Very rarely do you see a freshman step in like the world on fire. We didn't see that from Kellamon last year. But over the offseason, I kept hearing from sources on the inside that Kellamon's improvement was almost shocking what Jimbo Fisher did to Kellamon in such a short period of time and I don't really want to knock on Nick Starkle but apparently he never really took the same strides that Kellamon did and I think a big part of that is Kellamon had so much more potential to begin with yeah and uh, Jimbo really likes that because you look back at Florida, Florida State he's had a lot of quarterbacks who can run uh, I think he likes that idea better with Kellen that Starkle can run but he's just kind of he's kind of clunky when he runs it doesn't just doesn't really look kinda right <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of awkward and, and Starkle throws a pretty ball. I, I've I got to watch him at fall practices a bunch. He throws a fantastic. He throws he a great ball. But Kellen Mond just fits what Jimbo wants to do a lot better. Kellen Mond last year, I think the biggest knock on him was accuracy. At times, he was wildly inaccurate. He finished his year throwing fifty two percent. That's not getting it done. Yeah. This year, a ten percent improvement from fifty two to sixty two. I think that doesn't really tell the whole story because he's had some problems with drops. Uh, the receiving core for Texas a isn't very talented. They have a hard time getting separation. So right. at times, he's forced to throw that ball in really tight windows. Mm-hmm. It's hard to complete. Yeah, and he's gotten lucky on a couple. After the Clemson game, everyone was talking about, you know, Heisman. Oh, Kellamon could win the Heisman. And it, there was a couple of throws in that Clemson game where his – the freshman I get or the young side of him showed I guess because there was a couple he shouldn't have thrown and they ended up being complete because it was kind of like back in the Johnny years the receivers run back to the ball got kind of lucky on a few of them um but overall overall he's looked fantastic this year I mean of course he has his little moments of little hiccups but he's still a sophomore right exactly Exactly. and he, he he just he plays he's played a lot better this year and um Again, like I said, I think he just fits what Jimbo wants to do a little bit better. And Jimbo made Jameis Winston look great. He made DeAndre Francois look great. Who they're they're good players, but EJ Manuel, yeah, EJ Manuel, a couple quarterbacks who weren't very good, yeah. But in Jimbo Fisher's system, under Jimbo Fisher's coaching, looked like very competent D one quarterbacks. Yep, and I think Kellen Mond could. I think honestly, he'll outperform all of those. Because um, I think it just Jimbo loves him. I think he just he fits this offense to a T. Absolutely. Uh, just to play devil's advocate really quick, our runner-up, if you will, I think, was Dalen Mack. Uh, you didn't really buy into it because you said Dalen Mack kind of had that potential all along, never really got mm-hmm. it together. I kind of want to give him credit because for the longest time, he just couldn't stay on the field. He wasn't in shape. But under Jimbo Fisher, something clicked. And sometimes you see that with a coaching change. Sometimes it takes that for it to finally click. And for Dalen Mack, he came into fall camp in shape, ready to play, and he's staying on the field for a majority of the snaps – and as a result, that defensive front, that front seven, is one of the best in the country. Yeah, and I think that a lot of that has to do with the hire of um, 
strength and conditioning coordinator. Jerry Schmidt. Jerry Schmidt, yeah. yeah. Has a lot to do with him because I think – to an extent, I don't want to sit there and call you know the former coaching regime you know weak or anything like that, but there just wasn't a mental toughness there, and there wasn't the kind of SEC strength bodybuilding. There just wasn't that there. I never felt like it was ever there, and right. now I feel like they have they have that toughness about them because that was the thing that was missing for the last six years. Coming up next, offensive MVP. Who could it be? Kellen Mond, Jay Sternberger, Travion Williams. A lot of really good options in that mix we'll talk about that in just a little bit but before we do that i want to tell you about sling tv if you're like me you love to watch college football but you don't love to pay a hundred dollars a month for about 400 channels you don't watch well good news for you there's a way to avoid that sling tv is the best way to watch college football and for just 30 dollars a month you can get espn pac-12 the sec network and so much more and you can stream the big game on your big screen or all your favorite devices on the go sling tv gives you the live tv you love only better. There's no useless channels. There's no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. Don't you hate that? You sign up for a big cable company. You don't like it. You want to cancel. There's a cancellation fee. There's a termination fee. The list goes on and on. All these things you didn't talk about. With Sling TV, that's not a problem. Again, there's no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. It's the best way to watch college football. And I have good news for you, my Locked On Aggies listener. Right now, you can try Sling TV for free. Go to sling.com slash locked on for a free seven-day free trial. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on, a free seven-day trial. After your seven days, after your full week, if you're not satisfied, you can cancel. If you love it, you can keep it. $30 a month, you can stream ESPN, Pac-12, SEC Network, so much more. Again, it's the best way to watch college football. All the live TV you love, only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees. You can cancel at any time for a free seven-day free trial. Go right now, sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. You're listening to the Locked On Aggies podcast. The Locked On Aggies podcast, your daily source for everything Texas A&M athletics, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Taylor Travis, and I'm not solo today. Alongside me is my good friend, Andre Perard, who yes, covered Texas A&M for the battalion for the for at least a couple years, right? Uh, it was a while. About almost two years. Almost, almost two, two years. Yeah. So a while, and you've been a Texas A&M fan your whole life, so... To be able to do this podcast with me, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but it's something you've been looking forward to for probably <laughs> your entire life. Dream come true. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Mid-season awards, the Locked On Aggies Awards, the annual Locked On Aggies Awards, offensive MVP, defensive MVP. We're going to start with the offensive MVP. And I did a poll on Twitter because I wanted to hear what the listeners had to say. I wanted to get some of their feedback. And uh, the poll went as expected, but I did get one reply from Aubrey. And he said that Braden Mann should be the MVP of the offense and the defense. Of course, he said that tongue-in-cheek. He said that <laughs> jokingly. But, you know, it's funny because he brought that up, and we thought, how many yards has Braden Mann punted for? And you read that stat to me, and I thought, isn't that like a whole mile? Yeah. And sure enough, it's how many yards? It's it's He's punted for 1,471 yards, and there's 1,760 yards in a mile. So pretty much an entire mile. About 0.8 of a mile. Wow. <laughs> Which is, that's so, that's that's the strong lay. <laughs> how many punts? Uh, he has punted twenty-seven times. His average is fifty-four and a half yards a punt. <laughs> that's impressive. Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's really impressive. That's and you don't. I don't want to say a punter's a game changer, but really, Braden Mann is a game changer. Even the punts that aren't going eighty yards, right. That aren't missiles. He's putting them on the sideline, and they're rolling down the sideline to the three-yard line and being downed. Uh, he is a game changer of a punter, and uh, that's a, that's a rare thing. <laughs> I'm almost ready to say that 
he's the best punter I've ever seen at any level of football. I, I would be comfortable saying he's the best punter I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen someone with a leg like him ever. It's unreal. I just figured with offensive MVP and defensive MVP, we just had to bring up Braden Mann. Oh, yeah. And, and just at least acknowledge what he's done yeah. so far this year. But offensive MVP, to me, it was kind of clear. You have an argument for three different people, Jay Sternberger, Kellen Mond, Travion Williams. I put that poll out on Twitter. A couple hundred people responded. 67% said Jay Sternberger. I agree. Yeah, I, I, I go with that too because Jay Sternberger to me is as sure-handed of a receiver as you have on that team uh, where the receivers have kind of struggled this year. Oh, yeah. Um, and Jay Sternberger to me, probably the best A&M receiver, most sure-handed, not best, most sure-handed, you throw it to him, you know he's going to catch it, receiver since uh, probably Mike Evans. Because uh, you, you know you throw it to Jay Sternberger, he's going to catch it. And he, that play against South Carolina where he drug people, I think, what was it, 25 yards down the field? It was crazy. I mean, it, he's just an unreal weapon and a different option for Kellen Mond where it, it makes Kellen Mond in turn feel a lot more comfortable too because he, he knows he has, he has a tight end he can throw to. He doesn't have to worry about just your first check, your second check, that's it. He has a tight end he knows he can look down to, throw it to Sternberg, he knows he can get some yards out of it. The craziest thing about all this, I agree with everything you're saying, but if you had told me this time last year that our offensive MVP would have been a tight end. Wouldn't have believed you. <laughs> I would have thought, no, no way. Yeah. No, but sure enough, Jay Sternberger, yeah. not only the best offensive player on this team, he's the best tight end in the SEC by a long shot. Yeah, and I, I, honestly, at this point, I'd maybe throw up there in the country. I, I don't. Yeah, I think he is. I haven't seen any other tight end, and I've watched tons of college football. Yeah. I haven't seen another tight end that stands out and makes plays like Sternberger does. There's a lot of really talented receivers in the SEC this year. Yes, there uh, are. Jerry Judy, Alabama, A.J. Brown, Ole Miss. DK Metcalf at Ole Miss. Debo Samuel. The the year. Debo Samuel. Uh, speaking of Debo, Jay Sternberger has more receiving yards than Debo Samuel. Does he Jay really? Jay Sternberger is fifth in the SEC in receiving yards. Behind Jerry Judy, A.J. Brown, DK Metcalf, Kalijah Lipscomb of Vanderbilt, and then you have Jay Sternberger with 496 receiving yards, six touchdowns. That's some pretty good company to be in because yep. those are some of those, those are your best receivers in the SEC. He's <laughs> just ahead of Demarcus Lodge. At Ole Miss. Wow, there's a name, Demarcus a Lodge. Name. Former Texas A&M football commit, Demarcus Lodge. Yeah. But yeah, it has to be Jay Sternberger for me. What he's done with the offense, one, he's a security blanket for Kellamon because Kellamon's still young. He still has his struggles. Yep. He still has his growing pains. Every quarterback, I don't care if you're a freshman, a sophomore, or a fifth-year senior, you need that security blanket. We've seen it so many times. Look at Tom Brady. He has his security blanket with Rob Gronkowski. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's at every level. And Jay Sternberger is that guy for Kellamon, but he goes so much more – than just a security blanket. He can beat you deep. He can go vertical. Mm-hmm. He's quick. He can run block. He's all around a really good tight end. And Texas A&M hasn't had a weapon like that in who knows how long. Uh, probably Again, probably since Mike Evans, the days of maybe Josh Reynolds. Um, that, and that's what I meant just a minute ago, too, with Jay Sternberg. It, may, it in turn makes Kellen Mond more comfortable in the pocket. It makes him where he can go through and make his reads and know, okay, number one isn't there, number two isn't there. Jace is there. He can throw it to Jay's. He can check down to Jay's. I mean, of course, Jay's primary on a couple of them, but he can check down. He knows that he has, like you said, that security blanket there that he can throw to. And he's arguably the best red zone threat on a team that yeah. really struggles in the red zone. So far, he's been one of the only ways Texas seen him can find the end zone is Jay Sternberger. Yeah, and that's and in the last few years, too, in the Sumlin area, there would be times, it, I mean, it, it used to just baffle me how he gets to the two-yard line, Throw a fade route, throw a fade route. I'm for passing in the red zone, but when you're that close, obviously, just run. But 
if you have to throw, you have Jay Sternberger as an option. You're not just worrying about trying to throw to Christian Kirk when he's the same height as the corner on the outside. You're not, you have that. You have that option. Sixteen percent of people said that Travion Williams would have been their MVP. Also, sixteen percent said Kellamon. We already talked about Kellamon. I want to touch on Travion Williams for just a second. I said it before. I'll say it again. I still think Benny Snell is one of, if not the best running back in the country, even though the numbers don't necessarily show it right now because of the A&M run defense shutting him down. But Travion Williams has a case for being the best all-around running back in the SEC, one of the best all-around running backs in the country. You look at the numbers, he's leading the conference in rush yards by a pretty good margin, 798 rush yards, 5.74 yards per uh, carry. He has a long of 73, eight rush touchdowns. He got shut down by both Clemson and Alabama, and he's still able to put up monster numbers like that. He's having a really solid year. Yeah, he he's looked really good as far as being the I, I, like I, like you said. I think Benny Snell's the best running back in the SEC overall. Yeah, I, agree. Um, I think uh, I his name's slipping me now from LSU. Uh, Brosette. 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 Yeah, I think he's one of the better running backs in the SEC as well. Scotty Phillips, Ole Miss. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of names. It, there's tons of names. The SEC has always been a great running back conference. Yeah. But Travion has really stood out more, so not necessarily so much for what he's done out of the backfield. He's been pretty He's been pretty solid out of the uh, – to be able to throw to as well. Exactly. And whenever you can get him in the open field, if you can get him a screen out there where he can just make some moves – and the thing I love about Travion too is he's he's not necessarily a dancer. He's a he's a north south kind of guy. Yeah. Like he doesn't he's not worried about dancing. He's not worried about trying to turn back around the north south. He's running to get the yard. He's not worrying about trying to break away from everybody. He's north south. I've always liked that about him. But I think his ability. I wish they'd get him more involved in the receiving game too. To be honest, I would call him the best all-around running back in the SEC. Yeah. If you're looking for a guy who can do it all, he can catch the ball, he can carry the ball, he's fast, mm-hmm. he can block, he can protect the quarterback, which is big. Protect yeah. Zane in with the offensive line in the state that it's in. Yeah. Trevion Williams, to me, is the best all-around running back in the SEC, and uh, he definitely deserves at least an honorable mention as far as MVP status goes. No, uh, yeah, absolutely. Coming up next, we're going to talk about our defensive MVP, but before we get to that, I want to tell you about Vivid Seats. If you're like me, you like to go to the game. If you're like Andre, you like to go to the game. But sometimes the biggest struggle is to find somewhere where you can find tickets at the right price. Well, let me recommend Vivid Seats to you. The thing about Vivid Seats that I like, it comes with a 100% buyer guarantee. It's the best way to get to the game. But right now, there's a very special offer for you, my Locked On Aggies listener. Right now, if you go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app, you can use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. That's right. You have to be a new customer. You've never used Vivid Seats before. You want to try it out. It's a great offer for you, a great chance for you to try it. Again, download the Vivid Seats app from the App Store or Google Play. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event like they've helped me get to my favorite live event time and time again. Once again, that's promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. You're listening to the Locked On Aggies podcast, the Locked On Aggies podcast, your daily source for everything Texas A&M Athletics, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Taylor Travis. Alongside me is Andre Perard, and we just gave our offensive MVP, both agreed, it's Jay Sternberger, well-deserved, oh, yeah. and Twitter agreed with us, 67% thought 
Jay Sternberger was the guy. The defensive MVP, the poll was interesting. It was a lot more close than I thought it would be. Uh, Ataro Ilaka got 40% of the vote. Kingsley Kiki got 38, and Donovan mm. Wilson got 20. So pretty uh, even distribution of votes there. I agree. Well, actually, I don't agree with the public. I think it's Kingsley Kiki. I'm not sure who you I, have tabbed as your MVP. I, I, as I do love what Kingsley Kiki's done this year, because, and we've talked about it before the show, moving from D-tackle to D-end isn't easy. Um, that's a, Yeah, that's not an easy thing to do for a D-tackle. Um, to me, I'll throw Taro Laka as my MVP, because at lo- the linebacker position for so many years for A&M during the Sumlin era mainly was such a glaring issue and they had so many issues stopping the run and now uh, one of the best run defenses in the country the best in the SEC uh, and a big part of that is a lock and Tyrell Dodson too I'll throw him in there with mine it's not a combined MVP to me Ataro Laka is the guy um yeah. but what Kingsley Kiki done has done this year as well has been unreal yeah because uh, again I, I played DN in, in high school it's not easy to move from D tackle to D end because there's still very different. Positions. Yeah, people you think to, it's similar. No, it's not. You have to be a lot quicker. I mean, you've got it. There's just a lot more. You have to be a lot more in shape. A lot more that goes into it. So what he's done is impressive. But to me, it's Otaro Alaka just because the linebackers for so many years were so bad, and now they look as solid as I've seen in a long time. You have to give give Otaro Alaka credit as well because it seems like for the longest time he couldn't stay healthy. Yeah. And that was sort of the Achilles heel of the Aggie defense for the last two or three years. The linebackers just couldn't stay healthy. Yeah. This year, knock on wood, he's been healthy yeah. for the most part. And yeah. he's racking up a ton of tackles. And he's one of the best linebackers in the SEC so far this year. Yeah. And it, and that was the thing. Like the last few years, they haven't had the depth there. And they still don't necessarily have the depth, but they have the talent there. Where, again, knock on wood, barring anything happening – to me, it's one of the more underrated linebacker cores in the conference. I think so, too. I think, because Tyrell Dodson's so quick, and Alaka is just, he's just a beast. He's a man. <laughs> I agree completely. Ataro Alaka, 40 tackles so far this year, six and a half tackles for loss. He has Jeez. a sack as well. He's fourth in the SEC in tackles. Uh, you're right. He's having a phenomenal year. And that whole A&M core, it seems like the conditioning's better at linebacker. Mm-hmm. And that's a big result why there hasn't been yeah. as many injuries injuries that that linebacker core couldn't afford yep and there's str- not much depth and they're stronger they're stronger and that's that's again attribute attribute that to schmidt the, the that was a big hire to me um because the linebackers were just they were just weak for so many years now to have it, sec linebackers are strong they're fast they're physical and that's something that was missing from that defense for so long and a lock is the leader of it and he's i mean he's he's the mvp of the defense to me there's there's I would uh, Donovan Wilson's up there too. Uh, I we'll love talk Donovan about him Wilson in just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so forty percent of the public, the majority of the public, thought it was a Tarawalaka. You agree with the public? It's a, a really good. Uh, you have a really good case for him there. I disagree. I think it is Kingsley Kiki, which thirty-eight percent of the public thought it would be. Uh, what Kiki did, moving from defensive tackle to defensive end. Remember Michael Clemens, who was the projected starter, went down with an injury. He has a mm-hmm. broken bone in his foot. So Kingsley Kiki was kind of forced into that role at defensive end. And it was kind of a question mark going into the season. You know, how would that transition yeah. play out? It's played out really well. 26 tackles, seven tackles for a loss, four and a half sacks. He's a big reason why Texas A&M is able to stop the run because you have two types of defensive ends. You have the pass rushers and you have the defensive ends who are able to kind of stay at home and play the run. run. That's what Kingsley Kiki does so well. And that's a big reason why the run defense right now is yeah. ranked third in the country. And, and that defensive line all year has just looked 
really good. Yeah. Um, they've uh, they've looked really good all year. Really, defensive line hasn't been an issue the last couple. They've been really good up front, but this year they're they're uh, that that front's underrated too to me. Yeah, it is. This is where you have to give Justin Matabuke and Dale Mack a little bit of oh, credit because yeah. when Kingsley Kiki transitioned from defensive tackle to defensive end, that opened up a spot on the interior. And you didn't know what you get from Matabuke. You didn't really know what you get from Dale Mack because it seems like every year you're thinking this is the year Dale Mack breaks out. It yeah. hasn't happened. This is the year he's really stepped up in a big way. And again, there's so much credit to go around for the third ranked Texas A&M run defense. Yeah. We haven't talked about Matabuke. He's not a defensive MVP, but. Yeah he's been very solid this year. Um, he's a guy that I don't think we really talk about enough. Um, of course, Dalen's good, but Matabuke's looked really good this year. He has. He has, for sure. You brought up Donovan Wilson just a little bit ago. 20% of the public voted for him as MVP. And I think he has a really compelling case because if you take the MVP, the most valuable player, you take out the word valuable and you want to take it literally, who's the most valuable player to the Texas a defense? I think you have a really strong case for Donovan Wilson because that yeah. secondary looks completely different when he's on the field. Yeah, and I, I said a few years ago when I first, when his first game at A and M or knowing his first game, it was for a couple of games in, but I called him before people really started saying like, he was he was a honey badger to me. He yeah. he's he reminds me a lot of Matthew like that, and he he's just he's a he really filled in back there for the losses that we had in the secondary or that A&M had in the secondary uh losing Armani Watts losing it, it, he's filled in very well back there and he's really the heart and soul of that defense yeah I agree completely he, the secondary without him just looks lost he's really yeah. an anchor he's that senior leader he's a ball hawk it seems like no mm-hmm. matter where the ball is thrown or even if the ball's ran He's right there to either make the tackle or assist on the tackle. You're right, very honey badger esque. Yeah, it's Donovan Wilson, and he can pop the pad. He can he can lay down some hits too. He's, he makes plays at the right time. Yes, like yes, example, he does. Arkansas twenty four seventeen Texas and when Arkansas was driving the field about to tie the game. Yeah, when Donovan Wilson made that big interception, that's something we've seen him do time and time again throughout his career. He reminds me a lot of Tony Hurd. To an extent, yeah, sort of. He's not the same player, yeah. but he reminds me of Tony Hurd to that Has extent. Has a knack for being at the right place yeah. at the right time. Yeah. Ball hawk. He's he's the leader of that defense, which Tony Hurd was. That's why he. They're again. They're not the same person, not the same player, but he reminds me a lot of him. Yeah, we're actually out of time. That's going to do it for today's episode, Andre. I appreciate you jumping on with me. Yeah, no problem, uh, as always. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Aggies, the Locked On Aggies podcast, your daily source. For everything Texas A&M Athletics, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. By the way, speaking of the Locked On Podcast Network, the NBA season started last night. Uh, and if you're an NBA fan and you like listening to the podcast, I would recommend you checking out the Locked On NBA podcast. And you can also check out the Locked On Rockets podcast, Locked On Mavericks podcast. Whatever you're a team of, just search Locked On, insert your team, whether you like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find your favorite team's podcast there. Once again, thanks for listening to the Locked On Aggies podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.